Boys, I've got some breaking news today. I am going to be leaving the media industry to become the number three right-handed defenseman behind Eric Carlson and Chris Letang. Good morning to you. I can actually do this. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, the other two teams in town that I cover. Kyle Dubas met with reporters yesterday in Cranberry to discuss the still surreal acquisition of Carlson from the Sharks, everything that went into it, as well as some future elements. Among the more interesting subjects that came up, Dubas discussed pretty candidly what it'll be like to have both Carlson and Latang on the same defense corps. Well, I think both are extraordinarily well conditioned. I think, and, and Chris's competitiveness is well renowned in, in here. And I think Eric's competitiveness will will uh, stand out as as everyone in the room gets to know him. Um, but both have shown in the past to be able to take on massive minutes. I, I think we want to be cognizant of that as we go through the regular season. But that, you know, uh, Todd Reardon and Sully will will manage that and handle that. But I think it 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 allows us to have one of those two players on the ice for you know at least fifty minutes of the game hopefully a little bit less but uh, but you know and, and then it's up to us and then again it speaks to opportunity that's there now in the third pair as well you got a lot of young guys there somebody has to come in and take it and run with it so um you know in, in terms of the fact that they're both offensive i'd love to have one great left offensive guy and one great right shot defensive guy or offensive guy and then and have the the opposite sort of be on the defensive side we happen to have two really strong offensive I I would I wouldn't just classify them as offensive. I think they're they're both great all around defensemen. And then two players in in, uh, in Marcus and, and Ryan Graves that, um, that that are you know more known for their defensive play on the left. So it'll give us a chance to see which how the pairs fit best, and and then give the younger guys below a chance to push as well. That's really good stuff, but nothing better than the fifty minutes line. I'm telling you, I could. Find a way to get back into shape and be the number three right-handed defenseman because that dude might barely see the rink. And it's funny, if you listened carefully there, Dubas blurts out the 50 minutes thing, then tries to put the toothpaste back in the tube and it wasn't going. Because if you think about it, you see Latang still regularly log 27, 28 minutes a game and you don't think anything of it. Carlson can do that exactly at that level. They're strikingly similar, probably more in that regard than any other. Those two have, for more than a decade, been playing half-hour hockey, whether it's in Pittsburgh, Ottawa, San Jose, whatever. Regular season, playoffs, preseason, whatever. It's just how they roll. But that doesn't exactly simplify how this is going to get sorted out, does it? Not on the power play, not at even strength. How about in three-on-three overtime? How about, and hear this out before, you know, biting my head off, how about if they were ever on the rink together in any 
given situation. That could be power play one. That could be pulling your goaltender. That could be, and I'm just throwing this out there just for fun, because all of this is fun now, right? That could be three on three. And here's a related scenario. Because when you're talking about five-on-five hockey, you're talking almost always about rolling three pairings. Well, when you're talking about the Penguins' top four defensemen, and Dubas rolled these names out exactly this way, you're talking obviously about Carlson and Latang on one side, Ryan Graves and Marcus Pedersen on the other. Now, who gets paired with whom? We're not going to know that for some time. I don't think we're going to know that until the start of training camp. Latang and Pedersen did spend time together this past season, but I'm sorry if you're uh, Mike Sullivan or even Todd Reardon, who's responsible for managing the defensemen in game. There's no way you wouldn't seize upon an opportunity in camp to find out which of the two would fit best with Carlson in particular, because you've had the better part of a season to know what you've got between Latang and Patterson. So I would expect to see more mix and match in the first couple of weeks of camp and into the preseason games than what would be the norm for veterans. I think you want to see, uh, especially with Graves being new to this too, the, the good part here is that both Pedersen and Graves have now had experience as being atop their respective depth chart on their side. Pedersen got to do it a lot this past season, and he earned it. He was good. Graves got to do it in Newark. He was paired with John Marino. As the devil's top pairing. Yeah, I know, I know. Hextall's gone, okay? Easy. But even there, it comes with questions because if you're going to roll Carlson and Latang for a half hour a night, should you be doing the same with their partners? I don't know. I sure wouldn't. I mean, I, I can't presume that either Pedersen or Graves could handle that kind of load on a consistent basis. So do you just diminish your third pairing? Do you challenge Reardon to find some kind of rhythm where they're alternating the third pairing partners with other guys? I, I, it's not easy. It's not easy. And it becomes even more complex when you bring, not the power play, that's easy. Everyone knows who's going to be on the power play. But the penalty kill. Because what you're doing with your third defense pairing is you're storing or housing penalty killers. That's when you break glass in case of emergency. Those are the guys you need to roll out there. Those are the guys you want blocking shots. Those are the guys you want filling the gaps, clearing the puck down the rink. They don't have to do anything pretty or fancy. But who's doing that? And how much ice is that? Who are we looking at here anyway? Chad Ruedel, P.O. Joseph, does Ty Smith find a way to break into that? I don't see how he can. I don't even see how that's remotely possible because your third pairing has to be one that can get you defense first and foremost, PK specifically. It's, I'm telling you guys, there's so much 
to dive into now that this trade's actually been consummated that I don't even know where to start. But this is going to be, you watch, a real issue once these guys hit the ice. When we come back, J1Q. from Doug who says DK the Penguins have had only three seasons out of their 56 where a defenseman put up more than 90 points all three of those are owned by Paul Coffey who came to Pittsburgh after just seven years in the NHL compared to 14 for Eric Carlson how do you compare the two both the trades and their styles well first off Doug there's no comparison to the component the trades, the trade that the Penguins made with the Oilers in 1987 was just a pure hockey trade. The Oilers knew they couldn't afford coffee anymore. That was the beginning of Peter Pocklington's great sell-off up there. And they took Craig Simpson, who was a young and promising former first-round pick from Pittsburgh. Uh, Simpson, to his inestimable credit, went on to have a wonderful career, I thought, with Edmonton, including uh, winning a Stanley Cup. So it was one of those classic uh, deals that helps both franchises. Coffee, of course, comes here, wins his own Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh in 1991, had the broken jaw, was limited in the playoffs, but still had an impact. As for the players, meaning comparing Carlson to Coffee, you know what's funny? The first thing that pops to mind here is that nobody really compares to coffee because his style was and remains to this day unique you've never seen someone skate with his form with the really low head and just gliding almost appearing to fly without moving his legs and yet just blurring past everybody, in particular in the neutral zone, that's not been replicated. He remains one of a kind. But, but, I will embrace the opportunity you've given me here, Doug, to point out that one of the things that Coffee did so, so well, and probably didn't get enough credit for on the way to all of his own 90-point, 100-point seasons that he had over his brilliant career was to find the open man in the offensive zone. If you go back over any sort of highlight reel of what Carlson was able to do on the road to 101 points for San Jose this past season, you'll see a ton of what I'm talking about. He circles the entire offensive zone. He's not getting it done just from the right point. He'll find a way to create his own space, often with these really violent dekes. And if you haven't paid that much attention to his career, I can't recommend strongly enough queuing up some of these videos. You'll see what I'm talking about. He'll just shake guys right out of their skate boots in finding a way to work around them and maintain possession for himself while he's also buying time for his teammates, and then he'll just go tape to tape. 
and they will deposit the puck into an embarrassingly open net. Like, if you're the guy who finishes that play, you don't even raise your arms. You just point back to the maestro. That's Carlson in the offensive zone. Now, there are also similarities between Carlson and Coffey in the defensive zone, but Carlson's a little bit better than Coffey. Coff, uh, in all candor here, Coff didn't even try most of the time. He was just looking for a way to not get hurt. Give me the puck, and I'm just going to make magic happen at the other end. Carlson's at least pretty good at getting in shooting lanes, using his stick, and then finding a way to get the puck out uh, efficiently. Really fun question, Doug. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. And you know what? Probably just going to keep talking about this.